Welcome to the Compete Every Day podcast, a weekly show to help you harness the power of competition to be better than yesterday. Hear each week from performance leaders, coaches, and experts on the benefits of competition and how you can use it to win at work and in life. And now, your host, Chief Encouragement Officer at Compete Every Day, Jake Thompson. What's up? And this is episode one of the Compete Every Day podcast, season two. How do you harness the power of competition to win at work and life? I am excited for this season. I'm excited for episode number one so that you can start applying that power. You can be the best competitor you can be and create your best life. Now, before we dive into episode one with sports psychologist Lindsay Mitchie, I've got a favor to ask. I didn't ask this favor too much last season, and so this season I'm kicking it off with a bang. Do you enjoy the show? Have you gotten something great out of these conversations? If the answer is yes, if you finish an episode and say, man, that was a great piece, or I got something valuable from it, do me a favor. Share it with one friend. All I ask, share it with one friend. Shoot them an email. Give them a link to the podcast. Post it on your Facebook page. Send it in a Facebook message, but share the show. If you got value out of it, if you didn't get value out of it, don't do anything with it. But if you found some value in this episode, a past episode, or a future episode, will you help us spread the word? You see, that is how other people come into contact with the Compete Everyday message. That's how they learn to be better competitors. And if you make that introduction, if you give them that personal touch and say, hey, listen, I listened to this episode. I'll listen to this show. Here's what I got out of it. It was incredibly valuable. I think you'll enjoy it too. Send it to them. One, they're incredibly likely to listen to that show. But two, you could be the thing that impacts them. They could get on. They could listen to a show. Maybe it's a future episode that they're listening to that something clicks for them. And they suddenly realize that they want to be a competitor. And now they start to have the tools to learn how to compete every single day, just like you. So if you love a show, if you've loved an episode, please share it with one friend. That's all we're asking, one friend. So as always, if you want to get in touch with the show, email us, podcast at competeeveryday.com. Drop us a note. I read everything that comes through there. So if you have feedback, if you have a guest suggestion, put it into the show, send it to us. We'd love to hear. Now, brand new season two, we are kicking it off episode one with Lindsay Mitchie, a sports psychologist from Houston, Texas. We're going to get into why I am so against participation trophies and how they're the worst thing for youth these days. We're going to talk about the methods that Lindsay applies with her clients in in order to help them better focus on what's important, what they can control, their effort, their perspective. You're going to learn how you at home listening to the show can have a better perspective and a better focus on everything going on around you, the things you do control and the things you don't control, and how it makes you a better competitor by focusing 100% on what you can do, what you control, and how much effort you put forth. This is a great kickoff to season two, and I hope you enjoy the show. As always, if you want to connect with the show, shoot us an email to podcast at competeeveryday.com. I love hearing from you. I love suggestions for guests, for feedback on the show. Anything that you want to send us, get in touch with myself or other members of the show. Now, 
Without further ado, sports psychologist Lindsey Mitchie. Awesome. Welcome to the show, Lindsay. How are you today? I am good. How are you doing? Awesome. Well, before we dive into talking about all things competition, utilizing competition, and the positive benefits of a word that so many people think is negative, give everyone a little bit of background on yourself and the very first time you got to play sports and be competitive in something. Sure. Um, so I am uh, Dr. Lindsay Mitchell. I am a uh, performance, sports performance psychologist. Um, I've been helping athletes, uh, entrepreneurs, everyone kind of tap into that mental mindset that helps you gain your uh, competitive e- edge. Um, and also am a clinical uh, therapist. So kind of conjunction with good, positive mental health that equals kind of that good, positive mental mindset and how that can help us um, be better versions of ourselves. Awesome. Okay. Uh, so the first time you remember competing. Uh, so I grew up in a family where not being competitive was kind of not an option. So, um, my father played golf. My mom played softball. My dad's biggest fear when he had kids was what happens if they don't like sports or competition. And my mom said, maybe we should worry about how we're going to feed them and create a life for them, but we can, we can focus on the sports competition kind of part. So, you know, I have an older brother and it was, you know, if I wanted to play with him and and be with the crew, I had to, to figure out how to make it work. So um, everything, you know, kind of was some small form of competition, um, whether it was sports or who could get to the front seat the fastest or however you kind of wanted to define it. So in some ways, uh, I was probably born to do, you know, what I do now um, and have learned to really love it and embrace it and see all the positive benefits of it. So I, I was fortunate enough to grow up in a family that really appreciated it and and kind of brought it into into our daily life. So I never remember a time where I was not competing, you know, for something. So That's awesome. And so obviously being around it your entire life has led you into a field where now you're working with individuals that are competitive on a professional or a youth basis or a um, hobby style if it if it's more athletics non-professional athletics. Tell me what led you going down that path to be a sports psychologist and and studying the work of athletes, studying the mental aspect of the game. Sure. Um, So I started out in in a very clinical setting. I did um, a lot of work with veterans and getting them fit and ready and healthy and mentally aware um, to fight um, overseas and to be in the reserves and things like that. So I actually didn't start in the athletic world, but was really drawn to veterans um, for a lot of the same reasons that you're drawn to athletes. You have a purpose, you have a goal, uh, you want to take your skills and figure out how to use them, focus your passion, kind of be able to assess your you know strengths and weaknesses and and the gifts that you've been given. So I started working out with veterans um, as all kind of things are contract shifted, government funding kind of comes and goes. So when I was looking at kind of what I wanted to do next, I looked at kind of the strengths of, you know, military veterans, kind of that way way of life and that mindset um, and really kind of lent me towards athletes. Uh, I was an athlete in college, so I I obviously know a lot about sports. Like I said, I grew up in a family where you're kind of inundated with it. So it was a really easy transition for the same reason. I think athletes 
are primed to, you know, compete and to figure out, you know, their gifts and what makes them, you know, who they are and how to kind of focus. Um, so it was an easy transition and now it's been great. I think, um, you know, our young people, you know, are in, in a place where they have a lot of distractions and it's hard to know, you know, how to define success and what it means to be the best version of yourself and so many things that can be really hard to balance. And athletics is a great way to channel that energy and get some teamwork, learn how to communicate, gain your confidence and, and figure out kind of how you fit in the world, both on and off the field. So it's been a great transition and I've got to work with some amazing people and get to be there in their very vulnerable moments and, you know, get to be there when they, when they shine and it all comes together and in a beautiful way. I noticed you, you mentioned and rattled off quite a few of the positive aspects of sports. And, and I know that's something that you and I had had a conversation on when we first got connected. Where, where have you seen in your own personal experience, some of the biggest growth areas or the biggest translations into things developed in sport whether it's perseverance whether it's dealing with uh you know losing or things not going your way whether it's uh maintaining focus and and putting in uh, energy and effort and work on the days you don't feel like it where have you seen that most with the individuals you've worked with in sports as well as in life like where have you seen that translate best Sure. I think that's, you know, such a great way to look kind of at, you know, competition and, and those things in, in a lot of different areas. I think one of the big things is overcoming adversity. Uh, so I work with a lot of people, you know, when you're an athlete in a certain situation, everybody is physically good. You get to a certain level where, you know, maybe when you're in high school, you're the best person on the team. Well, then you get to college and everybody was the best person on their high school team. That's why they play collegiate athletics. Then you get into uh, professional sports. Well, now everyone is elite. And so kind of trying to figure out how do I gain that little difference, that little kind of step and momentum to set myself you know, apart from everyone else that's equally as good and, and kind of competing in that. And I think a lot of that is overcoming adversity. You are not going to always go out and play the best round of golf, pitch the best game. You know, you're never going to go to work every single day and feel amazing. So it's how can I perform at a high level when I don't kind of have my best stuff? So you have to overcome that adversity and figure out, I think, what competition means for you that day. So you had mentioned it about, you know, at practice, competition isn't always about winning or losing. It's about kind of how we perform. And when we take control of that, you know, especially with our youth, everything is happening to them and then they react to it. You know, I get a Snapchat or somebody posts something on Facebook or my teacher is, you know, yelling at me. My coach is telling me to get to practice and then I react. But in, in sports, if you can gain control over your performance, and the more control you have so that you're deciding and making a really concrete choice of what you want your day to look like, you know, you're drowning out a lot of that distraction and white noise that, you know, we kind of are inundated with emails and music and TV and everyone's got a hundred different things going on. So I think it's, it's an overcoming that adversity. It's kind of filling out how you can maximize your potential that day and gaining control and deciding kind of what you want your purpose to be instead of someone defining it, you know, for you. I like that because I, I feel like as we talked, 
there's been more conversation lately and, and perhaps I've just been a little more aware of it in terms of competition being bad and, and obviously the ongoing discussion around participation trophies and that everyone wins, which as you and I discussed, I, I'm so anti <laughs> unless right. you learn to lose or you learn what it takes to win. There's, there's no point in growth. There's no anything. You, you pretty much become spoiled as a child. And then the real world smacks you around because you're expected to just receive everything instead of having to get better and to achieve certain aspects with, with your individuals and athletes that may come to you that perhaps were grown up in that space and, and individuals that you've worked with that intentionally or unintentionally have been exposed to the idea of, of everyone winning and, and perhaps having a slightly distorted view of sports and competition and perhaps what life will be like off the field, off the court. What are some ways that you help keep those athletes focused on doing their best on constantly improving their game versus expecting things to just naturally come to them and be handed to them? Yeah. I mean, I think the whole, you know, culture, everybody wins participation, you know, trophies and things like that. One, I will say, if that can be my PSA for the world is don't set yourself, your kids up to, for us to have to undo all that work. Um, so, you know, I spent a lot of time with the 14, 15, 16, 17 year olds undoing, you know, that, well, you know, why am I losing all of a sudden, or I didn't win and I'm in high school now. So, you know, make my make my job not needed as much and you know let kids earn it and and feel what it's like to kind of compete so that's my first kind of thing is we we undo a lot of those things and have to really help kids you know discover a different way of of looking at things but i think the the biggest thing is that like you said that competition is negative i think what i really am trying to help the youth understand teenage you know high school college kids understand is when you feel negative about a competition, how much of that is the competition and how much of that do we need to look inside? So what we really want to do is let people, let athletes, you know, business people, whoever really feel like, okay, I'm creating awareness. So I am afraid of this competition. Okay, why? Why is this competition bad? Is it fear of judgment from your peers? past failures that you've had. I know my dad's going to yell at me. Okay. It's not the competition that's bad. It's all of these things that we've attached to competition. So you don't avoid it. When you avoid something, that's when it becomes unhealthy. When we're afraid of it, that's when it becomes unhealthy. So the key is not to eliminate competition. It's to figure out what negative emotion am I attaching with competition and how can I readjust my thinking? So if hey, I don't want to play in this tournament because if I don't do well, my dad's going to yell at me on my car ride home or, you know, I'm going to see my score, you know, in the newspaper and not like it. Okay, that's fear of judgment. Maybe you need a better support system. Maybe you need to communicate with your coach better. And again, it's about gaining that control. So anxiety increases, negative emotions get attached to competition when we give them you know, that control. We, we give it that instead of saying, this is what it means for me today. This is what I'm trying to accomplish. And when I have something negative, don't blame it on the competition. Look inward, figure out what emotions it's triggering for me, then go in and do that work so that you can embrace like the next step in your journey, whatever that looks like. 
I like that. I like that in the perspective really determines perspective and attitude really determines how well that we handle things with life. And like you talked about getting individuals to really focus and shift that perspective of assuming the competition is the bad part to really, where is that fear? What is that underlying motive? It's, it's kind of like the, the addiction piece of that addicts go with is it's not necessarily the stimulant that becomes the main issue. It's right. the underlying cause of what they're trying to drown out or avoid or, or things of that nature. And obviously that happens to all of us in all of our lives, regardless of, of what we go through and the, the issues we have is there's always underlying uh, reasons that we struggle with certain things. Yeah. And you can protect people, you know, all you want and protect kids all you want. Like in- inevitably failure, failure will happen. Inevitably, you know, things are going to happen and you have to learn, you know, how you can interact in that world. So the more, you know, we just let everybody win, the more we're developing people that no wonder they fear competition. They've never experienced it before. So it's kind of slaps them in the face. They're like, well, that didn't feel good. That's the first time I lost and I'm 12. You know, it makes sense that people avoid it because they've never experienced it. So how do you encourage parents of these athletes you work with to walk the line of encouraging yet not enabling? How do, right. how do you a, work with them in addition to the athlete? Right. And absolutely hard line, um, especially now. I do think, you know, so much is expected of our young people and there's a, you know, a heck of a lot more pressure, you know, on them that there was even for me. Um, I think one, it's about keeping the lines of communication open when I'm having, when I'm out and I'm struggling and it's a tough day and, you know, dad or mom is yelling on the sidelines or engages with the coach, let your kids own their stuff. If they're having a bad day, if they need different support, if they need, you know, the coach to see them differently, let them own that whole competition and figure out a way to express this is what I need. This is what I'm not getting. Hey, I need you to relax on this. Hey, you, I need your help on this. Um, and let them build what they need instead of you telling them, you know, what they need. And it also is not always about winning. People associate competition with winning and losing. Competition really is about performing and whatever arena that looks like for that day. And if you can keep having that conversation, you know, with your adolescent, you know, what is it that you want today? And you will never lose, you will never be a bad competitor, as long as you take away something from each practice, each game, you know, quote, unquote, each competition. So as long as you're taking something away, you get a little bit better, both in interpersonal skills, your actual craft, your communication, your ability to be a you know part of a team, all of those things in of themselves are wins, which means you know you can still win the competition, you know your personal competition, your individual competition, uh, without necessarily you know winning the trophy. So as long as we're taking something away from every time we compete, you know that it, that's a win. So we really not only need to redefine competition, we need to redefine a win. But I think our adolescents just need more of a voice. They're not any more fragile than, you know, we were 25 years ago. 
as long as we open that communication and allow them to own where they're at, that's when you're going to get, you know, these great leaders, these great performers, these great athletes, uh, when you trust that they can handle it. And then you create an environment that when you can't, I'm here and let's figure it out, you know, together. So I think that's a huge, huge part of it too. Competition is only bad if we avoid it. It's not the opposite of collaboration. It's not the opposite of teamwork. It's not the, you know, the opposite of, you know, being a good person. It's just a great marriage of all of those things. And, you know, support system and not speaking for them, I think is probably the biggest shift we've seen, you know, in the past probably 15 years. So one of the the comments I, I like that you made around the idea of taking something away from every practice, every game, every situation, that's something you've got to be pretty self-aware of in order to accomplish. You've got to be aware of the situation versus just being immediately in the moment, just thinking about what am I going to do? How do you want to encourage athletes to become more aware of what those lessons, where those things are? And then secondarily, in the same vein, how do you work with those parents so that they're able to assist either by asking the right questions um, or pulling the answer from the youth athletes so that they're the one learning and realizing it versus the parent being like, well, hey, you should have done this and here's something you should have seen and, and on and on, which can create a tension between the athlete and the parent. Absolutely. The, the, tension, the tension will kind of be there kind of always. And it doesn't, again, mean it's coming from a negative place. Everyone wants, you know, the athlete to be successful. So tension is, is also part of it, which is why I spend a lot of time kind of on communication. But I, I really appreciate that you picked up on the awareness piece. Um, cause that's huge. How do I know if I'm successful, if I don't know what I'm trying to accomplish? So practicing with the purpose is huge. How do I know if I was successful today at practice? If I don't know what my kind of purpose is going out, you know, this is what I want to do today. This is how I'm going to do it. Well, then at the end, did I go out and do that? Did I accomplish what I wanted to? If so, why? If not, why? Okay, let's take that into the next practice and build upon it. Same as a game. You know, maybe you're a baseball pitcher that their go-to pitch, you know, is their screwball. Well, let's say I go out and I don't have my screwball. Okay, my win today is to figure out another pitch that can work, that can get me through this game. So maybe I don't win or maybe I, you know, don't come out with the victory or my team wins, but I didn't pitch all that well. But did I win in the sense that I didn't have my best stuff and I was still able to access some of my other pitches? So in order to create that awareness, we have to build a plan before we even get started. So before I even get started, I need to know if I'm having a great day. This is my expectation for myself. If I'm having a mediocre day, this is the expectation for myself. And that can be as simple as writing it down, keeping, you know, a mental scorecard, my acceptance of bad shots, my acceptance of good shots, my course management, my ability to, you know, hit a pitch that I'm not very good at hitting. So you're scoring yourself essentially more on that and the process and the performance than the wins and losses. And that's when the communication comes into play. As a athlete, even as a 12-year-old, I need to be able to tell my support system, my coach, my parents, my siblings, my teammates, what my goal is. 
So if I'm pitching, I'm like, hey, you know, ladies, come on in. I don't have my rise ball today. So normally, you know, I'm I mainly am getting pop-ups. We're changing the game plan. I'm going low, expect some ground balls. Now I've communicated my change, my team's anticipating it. And as a unit, we now perform better. That is a victory, really regardless of what the outcome of the game is. Obviously winning is amazing, but my takeaway is I recognize what I didn't have. I recognize what I did have. I communicated it to my team and my team was able to back me up. And we had, that is a success. I like that. So in your eyes, the individuals you've worked with that would be considered successful, whether they were the most dominant player in their sport at their age group or in their level, would it be the one that's able to walk away at the end of their career, understanding that they did everything in their power, every opportunity they had, or would it be the person that you would think won every single match, which is almost impossible. Right. Yeah, of course. I think it's that takeaway because the the beautiful thing about athletics is it it creates great, passionate, valuable, independent people, um, which is really the goal. I mean, you're going to have a handful of people that so jealous of them that get to play the sport that they love forever and always and get paid big bucks to do it. You know, so you always have those outliers. But, you know, so many of us are just looking to be the very best version of ourselves, take what we learn in sports and go translate it to be great business people, great thinkers, great, you know, parents, um, you know, spouses, whatever that looks like. So if we can create that foundation of I know what I'm passionate about. I know what's important to me. I know how to communicate. I know how to, um, you know, overcome adversity. I know when I'm avoiding something and I know why. I mean, these are the intelligent people that are, you know, not only going to be successful, but take our world, you know, in a different direction. So, you know, of course, we, we want to compete. We want to win. Um, you know, I love the trophies that I have. I love, you know, the awards that I've, you, that I've received, but it's about that balance. You know, I want to be good at this, but it needs to translate into something more. And I think athletics and competition and performance really becomes so important when we allow it to let us be successful in every area of our life and not just, you know, on the field. So what advice would you give to someone that isn't considering themselves an athlete? They're not actively playing sport, but they love the idea of competing. They, they've got a competitive drive. They're looking to improve themselves. What kind of one small takeaway as someone that works on the mental aspects of the game would you encourage they do if they want to improve how they compete against themselves? Sure. Um, I think that you can utilize a lot of those foundational things that we've talked about. And I think it's I wake up every day and I know my purpose Um, and that purpose is going to change, you know, each and every day. So if it's at work or if it's, you know, as a parent, what is it that I want to accomplish today? How would I when I go to bed tonight, how will I be able to say today was a good day? Once I identify that, I can plan kind of accordingly. Or let's say I came up with a plan and it didn't work, that overcoming adversity. I can go to bed. I can reflect on my day. I can look inward. 
can see what kind of emotions I'm feeling and plan tomorrow to be a little bit better. So again, we're not reacting to our day. We're not just going through life, waiting for things to happen to us and then figure out how we're going to deal with it. We're taking control of our lives. We're increasing our awareness. We're increasing our confidence. We're increasing our ability to say like, I'm going to kick this day's butt and here's how I'm going to do it. That's essentially all competition is, whether I'm you know, cleaning the house, doing yard work, or, you know, pitching in the major leagues. It's about, this is what I want to do. This is how I will be able to go to bed and be proud of what I've accomplished. And here's my plan on how I'm going to do it. I love that. I love that. All right, Lindsay, if people want to connect, they want to learn more about your work, they want to follow along with what you're doing, kind of the ideas you're helping share and instill in athletes, where's the best way for them to connect with you? The best place to go um, is probably the website. So the name of my company is The Pave Group, as in pave your way to success. Uh, so it's www.thepavegroup.com. And that's where you can sign up You know, for our email list. We push out you know, any new programs that we're putting out, blogs, videos, you know, all that great free stuff that you can get. And really just starting to build that foundation and then kind of go from there. So it's probably the best place to, to get started with connecting with us. I love that. I love that. So anyone listening, if you're interested in learning more on the mental side of competition, if you're an athlete who's still actively competing and want to strengthen that, or if you're a parent and you have youth athletes in your house, you have young kids that you know are going to be playing sports, definitely check out thepavegroup.com, get subscribed, uh, start learning the, the questions and the activities and the things that you can start doing with your athlete now to better equip them to be a life competitor uh, instead of worrying about just what happens on game day. Uh, Lindsay, this has been absolutely great. Thank you so much for joining the show today. Well, Jake, thanks so much for having me. And I, you know, I love the compete every day and, and how we decide to do that, you know, matters most. So I'm, I'm glad to be a part of it. And thanks for, for chatting with me. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Compete Every Day podcast. To learn more, visit CompeteEveryDay.com. To connect with Jake or contact the show, email us at podcast at CompeteEveryDay.com. And as always, keep competing every day to be better than you were yesterday.